Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, where we invent a movie based on a random prompt. I'm joined by three members of the Hollywood elite. Today, our writer, Kyle Decker, who is Werner Herzog's personal manservant. Our director, Shay Roberts, who is Walter White's head shaver. And Jacob Gulliver, who is Tarkin's uncanny valley moderator. And today's prompt is the theme of the story, noir mystery. The main character is a humble teacher. The major event of the story apocalyptic event all right so so we're actually going to start this film with the apocalypse we're gonna i'm gonna write you know talk about the fall of man and his greed of oil and maybe a bombastic leader who talked big and threatened to use nuclear wars brought upon the end of the world and it's and in the wasteland there was a teacher and this teacher's goal was to bring man back from the brink and this teacher's mystery is to bring back books that's the books have been lost. This is maybe a good century after the nuclear holocaust and the wasteland, and there's, uh, there's uh, like mutants and beasts, you know, giant ants from the radiation and all kinds of stuff. It's a real kind of like Frank Franzetta, like barbarian universe, but with some, you know, people have some guns, like, with like some Mad Max stuff to it too. But it's like a hundred years past where Mad Max is. You know, just after the fall of man, this is a full century. So humanity's really devolved. They're using swords and you know broad age weapons again. And there's this one person who's he's from a generation of teachers who has passed down reading and and writing and everything and the love of books and is the protector of this great library. So he's a great like librarian warrior teacher that is looking for a new apprentice because it's time for him to t- start training a new apprentice to carry on the tradition of reading this library because our librarian teacher knows that you know a good 10 years he could be dead he could be dead sooner so he has to start a training as apprentice so uh the, our main character his, his name's going to be Calarash. a spell with a k i want him to be big and strapping but still a little bit bookish is how i can imagine him you know just like he's coded with reading glasses that's kind of that's the description i put in the script and uh he is he he finds himself a uh, this assistant, and the assistant is is not much of a warrior, but really has the knack for words and gift, and probably is the best teacher librarian that has ever come along, kind of a chosen one, if you will. Um, but he he doesn't do so well on the the defense of the library from the wasteland marauders. But uh, his name is Rojor R O J O R. They're gonna team up, and Calarash is gonna learn better ways to catalog. Like Rojor is gonna resurrect the Dewey Decimal System. He's gonna find the ancient scrolls of the Dewey Decimal System and bring it back. Calarash is gonna teach Rojor how to use a crossbow and things like that. And it's gonna be this great buddy team up movie, fighting the wasteland. And it's gonna be a real allegory for our society now is filled with idiots who don't know how to read, and they're gonna teach. The Wasteland Mutants, How to Read and Appreciate Literature. And do you have a title? Yes, uh, we're going to call this Reading the Wastes. 
Alright. Jay, so you have a um, script for Reading the Waste. Uh, how are you going to interpret this? I think this film needs is to be animated. I think it needs... I think we need to like flip the idea of the apocalyptic movie on its head. And we need that dead color palette, but like oomph the brightness. So it's like obscenely cheerful. And it'll just assault our eyes with like, why is this awful place so bright? Ugh. I'd love it too if like our landscapes give a little Easter egg to the audience. If our landscapes looked like the pages of books. So like you have a sand dune, but the way the little ripples in the dunes, it's actually like a book if you look close, so close enough. I'm thinking casting wise, the first person that comes to my mind for Calrash. Calrash? Calrash. Calrash and Rojor. And Rojor. Idris Elba. To me, is Calarash. Need I say more? It's Idris. Uh, and I, I actually, I think... I get a semi, just mention of the name. I mean, so... We know each other. Yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Rojor, however, I think you're going to reach a wider audience and a better audience if you also flip the buddy film on its head and not have a male, male buddy, buddy. Let's bring in a woman. Let's bring in Anna. Anna Hendrick. Is it Kendrick? Kendrick, Hendrick, Hendrick. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. She's the funny Anna. redhead, right? Yeah, the funny okay. redhead. I, I know people by their first names. Um, I thought she was brunette. I don't know. She's totally a redhead. Also, could add in a musical number. Have you heard that lady sing? She is amazing. She is brunette. So, anyway. Which is the redhead one. I mean, you can dye your hair. Is the Fisher? They're kind of similar looking. No, oh, yeah. I mean Anna Kendrick. Anyway, I feel like she has red tones in her hair, but I guess it's colorblind. <laughs> Good thing I'm not like an artist on a movie or anything. So Anna Kendrick against Idris's like stoicism. They teach each other things. Yeah. I want a lot of, like I said, the bright colors. I want lots of little Easter eggs of like the world of of like giant books left behind, but they're like secretly part of the landscape. And 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 I'm thinking beasts, mutants, we have a really cool opportunity. Uh, I mean, if, if we're if we're animating the thing, we can make them however we want. So we just get lots and lots of cameos from whoever will sign on. All right. And speaking of signing on, we now go to our producer, Jacob. All right. So I got some thoughts. If I've learned one thing from being the Uncanny Valley supervisor from Tarkin, it's that people both really like it when you do animation and then also hate it. So I'm thinking just to make sure that we get none of the hate it, we're going to skip the animation thing. <laughs> I'm seeing this, like, you got really good, like, stuff coming in already. I'm seeing this as, like, a cross between the Book of Eli and Bunraku, where it's like... Kind of a post-apocalyptic noir with, like, cool lighting and weird, like, otherworldly environments, but that still kind of feels like, you know, the Earth we know, just a lot more beat up and disgusting. So I'm kind of thinking, like, we have this... We're going to do, like, a light source in the sky. It's an artificial light source, because, like, maybe the sun went out or something, or we, like, are out of the orbit of the sun at this point. So that way we can have those, like, really long, like, shadows and stark lighting that we get from noir stuff. But it's going to be artificial, so we can color it however we want. Or maybe it changes based on the chemicals that are in the air for various different places. It's going to be cool. I'm really, really into that. I like your casting. They're pretty good. I think we should call, uh, instead of Rojor, it should be Rojor. Like the soft J. Make it a little bit more feminine. That would be kind of cool. I think that will test better. I think that there should be some kind of, like, 
secret or like element that's discussed between them so we can have like this thing that they're searching for or that they're trying to do. You're talking a little bit about the, you know, reclaiming books or like protecting the books. But there should be some kind of plot point that has, you know, a twist or some kind of element that changes partway through the movie and changes their dynamic. So we can see like some adventure and then progressing going on the, you know, from beginning to end. Uh, I also like the idea of like wasteland guys. So we can have like some kind of wasteland monsters or like Mad Max-ish bad guys who live in the, the wastes. In this case, which would be like abandoned cities and things like that. I mean, the, the Walking Dead just like has miles and miles of lots that have been like torn to shit for their their show. So we can probably rent those from them pretty cheap. You know, just reuse those sets and we'll light them different. Not a whole bunch of money there. You know, I'm thinking, I think this could be big, but since we're not using, like, a whole lot of, like, weird stuff, we're not doing a bunch of giant CG things, we don't need a huge budget, and if we stick kind of low, we can get more than that back. So I'm thinking about 50 mil for this piece. So, kind of a mid-range. Hopefully we can rake in, you know, double that at the box office and on distribution. See if we can maybe get uh, some distribution deals after the fact on cable. So don't put in too many swears. You want to keep that, keep that cable on it. All right. So uh, Kyle, some big changes were made, and then unmade, and then some other changes were made. So where are you taking this? I'm actually really digging the surreal, apocalyptic world. Bunraku was a commercial failure, and half the critics hated it, but I loved it. It was truly. You know, and that also had a fantastic cast. I do realize that I, I I have one glaring hole. There needs to be kind of a villain working against our our heroes here, and I I totally down for the change. There would be a, a male female like buddy buddy movie that and no problems. But we need a villain for them to work against. Maybe the leader of the wasteland mutants, whose goal is uh, this villain realizes that if the masses get the gift of reading and knowledge back, that his you know grip of fear and and just overall you know anti-facts and everything will don't make it too much like the book of eli i i won't but he he just wants to destroy the library he doesn't want to get the book to wield it himself he just wants to destroy the library so we can have i wrote this great scene if you remember the classic disney swiss family robinson mm. where they defend their mountain from the pirates with all the elaborate traps and stuff we're really going to kind of do that we're going to have this great montage scene of uh, our, our protagonist setting up all these traps and everything to just fend off the hordes of the mutants. But our, but our villain is going to be called Zix Dread. X-I-X-D-R-E-D. Zix Dread. Because, you know, I'm going for just really exotic names in this. Because I want... This is 100 years after the apocalypse. Like, this world has no resemblance to our own except for little inklings here and there to like show connection to the past but very little like our work the world's been changed forever and you know maybe reading is the one thing that will help restore humanity so yeah i'm gonna add the villain we're gonna have a big fight scene with our heroes fighting them off with all kinds of great like traps and everything there's gonna be a final stand on top of the the library between our protagonist and zix dread who's this big huge warrior type and everything and they work together and uh, I'm, I'm going to actually kill the Idris Elba character and he's going to but they're going to defeat it Calarations, and that'll be the passing of the torch 
to Anna Kendrick, and and she will take over. And and the end of the film, we're gonna leave it open for a sequel. Is she? They'll be maybe one of one of the uh, the mutant the raiders saw the love of books and everything. Inkling and kind of set that up for be the next apprentice to work with our Anna Kendrick character in the sequel. I I don't have any casting ideas. I don't even have a name. It could just be you know this nameless character that falls in love with books. Uh, or we can just call him Wolf or something. He could have very animalistic. He just has one word name. He's almost an animal, but he, the the humanity of reading like brings takes his animalness away and pulls out the humanity thanks to literature. That's really the allegory I want. His books are awesome. All right. And broadsword fights. All right. So uh, now we're moving on. Uh, Shay. All right. Vin Diesel. Six Dread Vin Diesel. Who needs to play this role? Like our, our our bad guy, our villain, our work against that whole fear of books. So like the, the Zix Dread compound, I'm thinking like blown out skyscraper, super like apocalyptic corporate feeling. Like what if the apocalypse was a corporate event? And that is Zix Dread's domain. Um, and, and they're like, middle management and upper management and lower management and like all the way down and so like you've got this this hierarchy of bad dudes uh and bad ladies uh and wolf uh, uh coming in we we definitely like need to somehow introduce this character i think in the first one to leave it open for the next is one is the bad guy's name wolf or zix dread wolf is zix for the next dread. one wolf is just one of the the wasteland boys that like is set up to be Anna Kendrick's apprentice in the yep. sequel. Gotcha. Yep. And I think I think uh, Wolf is probably one of Zix Dredd's kids. Like his youngest child lauded uh, by Zix and uh, probably like steals corporate pamphlets to practice reading with. On the, the bad guys and their look, we talked about corporate. I love like ripped up business attire in in that in that realm. I'm really sad that this is not going to be animated, but thank you for at least, like, giving me a story that can have the brightness added to it so we can still kind of flip that on its on its head. So I'm friends with Dom Hall Gleason. We could totally get him to play Wolf. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Good call. Good call. I still feel like if we're having Anna Kendrick that we should have some music in there somehow. Like, maybe she just hums to herself. But, like, let's use the talent we have. Maybe a musical number? All right, well, I, maybe that will fall on to our producer, Jacob Gulliver, with some last minute before this movie goes gold. Uh, we can have her, like, start to hum a couple of times when they're on their journey, and then Idris Elba can be like, stop. Because music is expensive, and that's, that's not going to happen. We're going to do it that way. <clears throat> I like the idea of, like, this corporate event thing. So here's what I think. I think Zix Dread is semi-immortal, and he was part of this, like, corporate thing that caused the event. So, like, he and his Wastelanders are in, like, post-apocalyptic versions of business suits and shit. And I'm thinking, like, Vin Diesel loves to be a tortured dude with a backstory. Like, if you get a tortured dude with a backstory role for him, then he shows up for next to nothing. Especially if he can flex his back while doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... What I'm thinking is, he's like, 
he's part of this like event, and he has like some kind of weird mutant powers or something because he also loves mages. He played D and D, and he, oh, loves, yeah. he doesn't like playing a character without spell casting. He's, he got, has like some kind of weird powers, and he's like using that to influence the other wasters, and he's telling them we have to destroy all of the books because that's what caused all this event. This this is what caused everything. I was there. I saw it. Mm. But in reality, he wants to preserve these abilities for himself so that nobody else gets them. So that's going to be kind of like his shtick, and that'll be the cool turning point when like Wolf figures it out and like joins up with uh, Rogier at the end of the film. That'll be a, a cool way to, to lead into it. <sighs> yeah, that music thing is just... It's not going to work. The title... Right now, it's reading the wastes. It's just not that unique. There's no like words that grab your attention in the the title. Man, we got to come up with something really good for this. I'm really tempted to give it like a name that's very clever, but that probably means that people won't come see it. So let's let's try for something more like generic, but still interesting. Maybe like Last Light or Book Apocalypse Now. Thanks. That was. <laughs> Just perfect. <laughs> Page turner. <laughs> uh, <gasps> what if the traps, when they come in What do we call it? The bookmaster. Book Let's not do that. Mm. Page master. <laughs> what if the traps, when they come and attack the mountain, are all traps that they learn from books that they read that are like famous trap scenes? <gasps> and then it's an homage to other stuff. It's like they read Swiss Family Robinson and then they learned how to make traps. Yeah, or like Red Indiana Jones. They made a book version of that, right? Learn how to make traps. Yeah, just they have the library has all the, the novelization of, of, of movies, and then yeah, Home Alone. <laughs> That's the great bible of protection of the library. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, are you actually the doing K. A. Applegates? The movie machine child novelization. If, are you actually putting yes. in a novelization uh, we'll, we'll, of Home Alone? So we'll we'll have a picture of of a shot. All right, and so it's a shot. They're just like. Where Idris Elba goes, here, get your traps from these. And there's a stack of books and a lot of them, but one of them in there, if, if you catch it, it'll be an Easter egg. It'll be the Home Alone novelization. Uh, okay. Or even better, it'll well, be the Home Alone VHS that like kind of looks like a book, but it's actually a VHS tape. And they happen to have one working VHS. Okay. So um, I'm going uh, so, uh, well, to change that last title. I'm, I'm calling it The Last Light. Sorry. Okay. So I'm putting the last light into the movie machine, which sounds like the apocalypse. Not like a crossbow hitting an orc or something? No, it, it just sounds straight up like the apocalypse. Uh, general audiences don't know what to make of this film. I mean, they first off, I think they're missing the message about facts being good. I mean, they look at this movie and they feel it's very silly. Uh, so, at, or just when they see post-apocalyptic and people crazy. people fighting with broadswords, they don't. So serious. They think like, okay, well, this is just dumb action movie, and so the message that you guys we need to take the real world seriously and ignore people like unrealistic things isn't playing well for audiences, especially also. With when the bad guy has this scene where he talks about how facts cause the apocalypse, without that scene showing that he was kind of wrong about that, it uh, kind of shows that feels that people who see it think you're saying, "Yeah, facts do suck." You know what? Let's just let's just blow shit up and fight with broadswords, which could appeal to some audiences, but um, so it's kind of middled there. Uh, you don't really make your money back. Uh, this kind of a few people see it and it kind of mostly gets forgotten. Just kind of passes by and shows up on Netflix for a little bit, and some people watch it there. But um, 
a surprising lack of funny things happen as a result of this movie coming out, which is disappointing for the movie machine. But you do have some chances to go back and make some changes. Um, so we're going to start with you, Kyle. I think we crafted a, like, a perfect piece of genre fiction. Like This has the pacing. The director made the pacing just perfect. There's action scenes where action scenes would be. There's just enough dose of comedy. The characters are real. And good God, the action scenes. Vin Diesel and Idris Elba fighting each other with medieval weapons. How are people not flocking to that? Like, that is awesome. That is some of the best sword and sandal fucking action shit we've gotten since the 80s. And people like the sword and sandal shit from the 80s. People are going to realize 20, 30 years now how fun this freaking movie is. So... I'm going to leave. I think maybe the only thing is the the title sounds a bit too serious. I think people go in with expectations of a serious movie and it's it's just, you know, it's just an adventure flick that has, you know, sword fights and a little bit of humor and this great world building. And if people don't get that, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with this movie kind of just sitting until people rediscover it in 20, 30 years and realizing, you know, how fun this movie is. I'm just going to recommend changing the title. Ah, man, I don't... Book Warriors? No, that sounds like a PBS special. Oh, I... It's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Dewey's Decimal. <laughs> nope. Blood on the Pages. There we go. Blood on the Pages is the title of this film. And I think that's going to help. Like, I mean, the action scenes are filmed so perfectly. The director just, like, aced them. I don't understand, like, how we get some of the best sword choreographers in all of Hollywood and ace the fight scenes and people don't respect that. People just don't respect a good sword fight anymore. They'll just take whatever crap is thrown on there. But I stand by this film... I think, and, and it's partly my fault for not coming up with a good title the first time. So I don't even know if Blood on the Pages, but I think that's a little more. The film needs a scream genre flick. Like, we, if we play up the genre flick more, I think more of your, your, your you know, deep fried cinema fans will show up for it and realize that this, this is a film for them. All right. Blood Library. Library. Blood Library. Nope. Hmm. This is a hard <laughs> title. This is a hard film to title. I, it is a good fucking film, though. I'm, I am super pleased with. I mean, you you wrapped it up. I mean, I'm, the the comedies there. We've got that heart wrenching scene when Calarash dies and Rojor is is cradling his body. And Anna Kendrick can cry on cue. It's amazing. Oh, she is just, huh, the best. Yeah, I it, I think it's really coming down to an off-putting title. Do we need do we need more wolf? I don't. I doesn't feel like we need more wolf. That's coming in in the second. I'm tempted to to stand by you and let this become the cult classic it deserves to be. I feel brought to silence. Just I I just keep thinking about about Anna cradling Idris and it and it brings such a sense of like while both wearing leather armor yeah. like. Also, oh my god, that's so effing cool. Leather armor that they created from the spines yeah. of old books that couldn't be read. Ugh. Great plot point there, by the way. Huh. I just, I, like, it brings tears to my eyes, and I just get so calm and sad inside from it, and my brain stops working. Just thinking about it, and I just, I, just, I don't understand how. Well, no one expects the practical effects of the flaming drawbridge catapult trap. Uh, and that thing was off. It took three days to film. Three, I mean, and we built it every time, and we didn't catch it, so it was... 
those stuntmen were awesome. None of them got hurt. Like, two no. of them lost their eyebrows from the fire, but none of them actually got hurt hurt. Is this the first right. time in history that we've had that happen? I think it is. So, so. we're going to move on. Jacob, you're the last hope here. Uh, what are you going to do for this movie? I got some pretty good ideas. So, first and foremost, this movie is going to be called The Final Page. Because I think that will be like a great way to go. We can have characters refer to themselves as pages instead of mages. Agents, yeah, they're agents of the the like wisdom. It's like age age old library, you know, book wisdom. Secondly, I saw the final cut before it went out, and you're absolutely right. That final scene with Idris and Ken- and Anna Kendrick was very very moving. I figured out where to put your song at the end. As uh, Idris Elba is dying on the ground, he asks her to sing him the song that he told her not to before. So it's like his send-off when he goes. So she gets like this little bit of song while she's crying. That's beautiful. It would be like this super, super great ending scene. And then we're also going to, since people said they didn't understand it, we're going to play up like that backstory more. So we'll give Vin a little bit more screen time. We'll also get uh, Idris Elba a little bit more screen time. Idris Elba's dad worked for the company that that Vin Diesel worked for, and he tried to leave when he figured out what they were doing, Mm. but then Vin Diesel killed him. So he has, like, the information has been given to him from his mother, who's now dead as well, and he, like, knows what happened. So we'll get to see both sides of that backstory, where Vin Diesel is lying to the wasters and, like, trying to you know, cover up what he had done and, like, what the rest of the company had done. But we'll also see Idris and Anna learning about what actually happened. So we'll see those in parallel. So there won't be any confusion about that that plot point there. So I think that'll work to fix it all. That um, leaves us open for and a I prequel. Think, yeah, I think... The first yep, Exactly. So we can... We have a lot of room there to wiggle. We get some more touching scenes, and we stick with our core message. All right. So with these changes, um, so you do a lot better on your opening weekend in this alternate reality. But the best comes when uh, that song becomes big on YouTube from people covering it and remixing it. So that actually gets more people to see the movie. Um, Probably more people go to see the movie because of this song than initially went to the movie in the first place. And then realize it's a great effing film. Right. I mean, it still gets... Your message still doesn't reach people, but, you know, people see it as a nice, fun action movie with some dramatic moments so um yeah you uh definitely make your money back i mean it's not like the biggest success in the world but you, it's definitely i don't care i'm green lighting the sequel right now all right uh prequel well i shall put the sequel in the movie machine and it does not have enough information but uh we'll get back on that so well done nice little changes uh show what, what did the what was the final title of this the final movie? page yeah. Oh, that's good. It's really uh, good. Actually, a bunch of people want uh, that song to get nominated at the Oscars, but it doesn't, of course, because they're like... Snubbed. Whatever. You know, Tumblr's going to hear about this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, while you get on that, I shall end us with a quote from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. That's the best way to describe it. It's awesome sausage. Thank you. Everyone, good night.